Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. We're back. Welcome to your Weekly Dose of Wicked on Wednesday. Yep, yep. How goes it? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty pretty snazzy myself. Pretty snazzy? Pretty snazzy. Got a real treat for you this week. <sighs> Ashley does because it's her turn. Yeah. Oh, a little treat. Even don't even know what it is. Yes, you do. Is it's it a, a Patreon, Patreon request? request? It is. It is indeed. It's a Patreon request from Justice Dan. The fabulous Justice Dan. Sweet. Uh, how do you get in the Patreon to request a case, Ashley? Well, you got to join it up on patreon.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Got to join it up for the low, low price of $5. You can join our base level of the moderately wicked. $7, you can join the awesomely wicked. And for those high rollers, big ballers, $10, you can join the extraordinarily wicked. You join that level of the extraordinarily wicked and you get to pick a case. Any case you damn well please for us to cover. Because how many spots are left? Not many. Two or three. I think there's three. I think there's three spots left. So you better get in there. Some of our Patreons have not requested a case. So if you're one of those Patreons, then what are you doing? Come on. Let's go. Get your lives together. I don't want to call you out, but I will if I have to. You know who you are. That was me punching. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else do you get when you join the Patreon? Not only do you get like all of our wicked, awesome content that we post in there, which I think now we're up to how many extras do we have? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know how many extras we have either. Let's check the Patreon and see what it says. But I did do that little, uh, for any of our Patreon members, I did that little uh, 4.30 a.m. drop where I was like, drop, drop, drop. Three little gifts for you to wake up to. Your father was super annoyed with that. Yeah, he was pretty annoyed. He was like, what is she doing awake at 4.30 in the morning? Posting on Patreon. Well, I stayed up to do the editing because I promised episodes for like weeks. And I just hated editing them. So I didn't. (laughs) So I didn't. (laughs) So I didn't. We have six bonus episodes. So anyway, going over to the Patreon. Join it up. 
another thing you get in the Patreon is access to our Discord. There's not a lot going on in there yet, but if we get a lot of Patreons, there will be a lot of you in the Discord, so it will be popping. I mean, there's a lot going on in there. We've got a whole bunch of text channels set up. We've got uh, your just general Weekly Dose of Wicked chat. You've got case discussion. You've got show and movie recommendations. My personal favorite, We Love Food, where you can share little pictures of your foods that you're making and eating out. And I don't know, any food that looks delicious, just share it up there. And preferably the recipes to go with that Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Other podcast to check out. Uh, We also have a section for questions, where you can ask us questions to answer on upcoming episodes of the podcast. And then we also have a section for furry freeloaders, where you can share pictures of your little furry friends. We love furry friends. So yeah, anyway, uh, if there's any other things you want to talk about, then just let us know and we'll add another text channel and we can chat there. But yeah, it's like a fun little chat room where we can all party hardy together. So get on in there so we can party. Yep, yep, yep. All right, what else we got going on? We are up to 26 five-star ratings on Apple Podcast. And I think, I think we have 14 reviews. That's pretty sweet. Is it 14 or 16? I like 16. I like that better. I don't know, though. I like 16, too, but I don't know if it's that many. I'm going to check real quick. Can you hear my little keyboard clacking? No. Okay, that's good. Mm. We have 26 ratings and... Oh, 15. We have 15 reviews. So pretty much everyone loves us. We're famous. Basically. All right. What else we got? Anything? I don't know. Every time I say that's it, you tell me I'm wrong. So No, I think that's it. If you haven't yet, head on over to Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Cool things going on there. That's all we got. All right. So tell me. Tell me about this case. Today's episode is a request, as we've said, from a Patreon. So this is a case out of Charlotte, North Carolina, which is near where we're from. This case focuses on Catherine Memory Jones. I thought her name was like Ketty. Her name's Katie, and I'm getting there. Okay. This spelled like K-E-T-I-E, though. Yeah, but it's Katie. Okay. Are you sure you checked the pronunciation on that? I'm 100% positive. Okay. Okay. Continue. So anyways, Catherine Memory Jones was born on December 19th, 1989. I think she would have been a Swifty. Why? 1989 is a Taylor Swift album. Oh, I mean, okay, but that would have made her a Swifty just because she was born in 1989? I think everybody who was born in 1989 should be a Swifty. I mean, I think everyone on the planet should be a Swifty. But especially people born in 1989. Yeah, here we are, and not everyone is. Okay, well, anyways, moving on. So she went by Katie, K-E-T-I-E. The first E has a little um, accent over it. Yes. This was a French twist on the nickname... Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Oh, okay. Was she French? She taught... No. But she did teach herself the French language, and she loved it. Okay. So she was pretty smart. She taught herself a whole language. So Katie had a very artsy personality. Her friends and family remember her as being fun-loving, free-spirited, extremely caring, selfless, always positive. She had a charismatic personality that would light up any room she walked into. She loved the arts, including singing, dancing, drawing, crafting, and acting. She was very popular and had a lot of friends. Katie was born in Asheville, North Carolina, which is in the mountains. Thank you. Which is also a very artsy area. Well, I know you know, but other people do not. Okay. 
anyways, artsy area. She lived there until her father, her father, her father passed away. Her father. (laughs) (laughs) She lived there until her father. Father. Oh, father. I don't think you'd like that very much. I think you would. Uh, anyway, she lived there until her father passed away in her childhood. Her mother, Giovanna Livingston, I think that's how you say that. Her two siblings and Katie moved around for a while before settling in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2004. And Katie graduated from high school in 2008. She moved to New York City to pursue her dreams and went to Marymount Manhattan College where she stuttered. I can't talk today. I noticed. When Katie graduated from high school in 2008, she moved to New York City to pursue her dreams and went to Marymount Manhattan College, where she stuttered. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I can't say studied. I don't know. (laughs) I like that you repeated that whole thing just to say stuttered again. (laughs) Anyways, she studied theater. Good job. Uh, After three semesters, the price of tuition along with the high cost of living in New York was too much for Katie, and she moved back home to Charlotte, North Carolina in 2010. In 2012, Katie moved into a rental home with her friend in the Plaza Midwood area of Charlotte. What do you have to say about that? I was just like, oh, I know where that is. (laughs) You're like yawning and like shaking your head. Yeah, I know where Plaza Midwood is. It's a nice area. It's up and coming. That's, like, my next line. Oh, okay. (laughs) This was an up-and-coming area. (laughs) Yes. Um, Katie loved living there. She was drawn to the artsy feel the area had. It made her feel like she could be herself and express herself however she wanted, and no one would judge her. This area was known for being able to live, work, and play all within a mile or two radius. That was one thing Katie really loved about it. She loved to walk and loved that everything was walking distance, so she didn't even need a car. Katie worked at a local restaurant, Midwood Smokehouse. Sweet. Have you ever ate there? I have not. I actually try to stay out of Plaza Midwood. Why? Plaza Midwood's actually like an up-and-coming area, but it's like full of crackheads and stuff. (laughs) Don't you remember? It's like a real big like drug area. And now it's like started to get like renovated and fancy and pricey. Okay, so um, Midwood Smokehouse, really delicious. It's a barbecue place. I figured. Which is It was a popular small barbecue chain in the area and was about a mile from the house she rented. Okay. Coming home from a night of work and hanging out with some friends on October 15, 2016, Katie was shot and killed. This murder murder remains unsolved to this day. Um, So, Justice, you better know I love you because I hate unsolved cases. But I did it just for you. So around 2.45 in the morning on Saturday, October... I thought that was going to be the end of the story. Like, it remains unsolved to this day. So, Justice, I know I love you. That's the end. (laughs) No. No, no, no. We're just getting started. Okay. Around 2.45 in the morning on Saturday, October 15th, a man whose name has not been identified heard a loud noise from his home. Initially, he thought this loud noise was a firework. Immediately after the loud noise, a security alarm started going off, and the alarm was from the Berry Hill Realty Company building. This noise was loud enough that it set off their security alarm. So the man went outside to investigate. That's when he came upon the body of a young woman in the Realty Company's parking lot. He called 911 to report this, 
but he just thought that it was a drunk girl passed out coming home from the bars. He thought maybe she needed some medical attention. You know, not a huge deal. But after he got closer, he realized that she was laying face down in a stream of blood. While on the phone with 911, they asked if she was breathing. He told them he wasn't sure. And they asked him to turn her over and check for a pulse, which she did not have. That's when this man had noticed that she had gunshot wounds. At this point, more neighbors were coming out to investigate, and there were a couple of more 911 calls to report the same thing. Within two minutes from the 911 call, first responders arrive. So I was pretty impressed with that. That is impressive, but it's also Charlotte. Right. I feel like Charlotte's got to have like a pretty quick response time. Yeah, probably. They have so many cops. They have so many cops, and crime is so rampant there. Right. She also had multiple superficial injuries, including scratches and bruising on her left side, including her cheek, elbow, hip, lower back, and shoulder. This showed that there was a struggle before she died. Um, The woman was alive, but when first responders arrived at the scene, she was barely holding on. She was transported to the closest trauma hospital, but quickly succumbed to her injuries. She was shot twice in the side, and the bullet punctured her heart and one of her lungs. What do you think was the closest trauma hospital? Um, Probably like CMC Maine, I would think. Okay. I just wasn't sure. I would assume so. If that was the closest or if they'd have to go to like Baptist or whatever. I mean, they could have maybe took her to Baptist, but I would think probably CMC Maine. I just figure you're well-versed in the hospital world. You would know. I mean, I think it also kind of depends on like which kind of trauma. Because, like, each different hospital has, like, different specialties. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. I just wondered. Continue. So, she was shot twice in the side, and the bullet punctured her heart and one of her lungs. At the scene, there was not much left behind, only um, a purse, which was a small crossbody. Inside was $300 in cash, a few business cards to a restaurant, pink pepper spray, a deck of cards, a pack of cigarettes, and an ID. This young woman was 26-year-old Katie Jones. Mm, it's pretty crazy to me. So at 7.30 that morning, police went to the address listed on her ID, but no one answered the door. Katie did have a male roommate, but he wasn't home at the time. They then went to the location on those business cards they found in her purse, which was for the Midwood Smokehouse. Um, after talking with employees, they discovered that this was Katie's place of employment. Uh, depending on the source, she was either a server or a host. Not right. sure which, but... Doesn't really matter. No. She worked in the restaurant biz. So her co-workers verified that she did work there the Friday night before. She worked her normal six-hour shift. They don't recall anything out of the usual. They say that Katie was acting like herself. They don't remember anyone suspicious, any unusual activity, nothing weird going on. After she got off work... She met up with some friends at a dive bar called the Midwood Country Club. Um, She regularly met up with some friends who were also in the service industry, about six or seven of them, and they often went to the Midwood Country Club. Investigators went to her friends that were there that night. Um, They said that they all had a really great time. Katie really hadn't even been drinking that night. She had only had one drink. They said that they all stayed till close, which was around 2 a.m., And then they all headed out to the parking lot to say goodbye, where they stood and talked some more. And then they parted ways around 2.30 in the morning. Right, which is totally, like, all of that is completely 100% normal for the service industry. Yes. 
Because, like, I think that's pretty standard. Anyone that's worked in restaurants knows that, yeah, I mean, I feel like Friday night, Saturday night, when you get off work, especially in our area, I mean, we worked in the greater Charlotte area. Midnight, you go hang out at a bar, which closes at 2. Right. Or go to a restaurant, grab some apps and a drink, you know. But, yeah, for sure, that's pretty normal. I feel like it's some of my best memories of my formative early 20s are hanging out after work with my coworkers. Doing stupid stuff and just hanging out. Yep. Pretty sad. So all of her friends say that multiple of them had offered Katie a ride home, but she declined all of them. Said that she wanted to walk home. It was one of the last nice nights of the season, so she wanted to enjoy a nice walk home. Uh, One friend said, quote, We always offered. She never wanted a ride. She loved to walk the neighborhood. Any of us wouldn't have thought twice about walking. Up until her, there there was no reason not to walk home. End quote. Can you remind me again, when was this? When did it take place? What was the date? October 15th, 2016. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was October. Would be one of the last nice nights to walk home in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Like, right now, it's freezing. Oh, yeah. But it's also October October 20th. It's freezing. Like, frigidly cold. Yeah. Right. I'm going to make myself hot tea after this break. (laughs) For sounds sure. good. Maybe I should make myself some hot yeah, peppermint Yeah, I'm making tea. myself some hot peppermint tea when we take a break from this episode to record the next. Because <laughs> I am freezing in my garage. Yeah, it's pretty cold. I'm wrapped up in a blanket right now. And you're inside. I left my heated blanket. I left my heated blanket to come record, so I'm pretty cold. Yeah? Because we're babies. Yes, we are. So all of her friends said that she would have felt safe walking. It wasn't the first time that she'd walked home from that specific location. She walked that neighborhood every day. Like I mentioned before, she didn't have a car, so, like, it was completely normal. She knew all the back roads, all the different routes that she could take. Um, They say that all of the area was generally safe, and they really never felt uneasy walking, even late at night. They say that Katie wasn't naive, either. She always carried pepper spray with her, which they found in her purse. She made sure her phone was easily accessible. She was very vigilant and always aware of her surroundings. So, I do find that a little crazy, though, because I lived in Charlotte, and I would not walk around late at night. Uh, No, 100% no. I worked in Uptown Charlotte, which is not the same as Plaza Midwood, but no, I did not go walking. I did not go lollygagging around in the dark in Charlotte. Yeah, I went to college at UNC Charlotte. I never walked from my late night classes alone. Like, if my class got over at 8... I made my roommate come pick me up. Yeah. 100%. Because I lived a mile off of campus and I walked back and forth from campus. Um, When I worked at Uptown, we had to park in the 7th Street parking deck, the one that lights up on the sides. My favorite one. Yeah, my favorite one as well. But we parked there and it was like a block from the restaurant I worked at to that parking deck that we had to park in. And I never walked to that parking deck alone. And it was literally a block. Not even. They were on the same block. Right, like, I'm not saying that she wasn't vigilant and she wasn't making sure she was safe, but, like, I just don't know how she did it. I think she just got a little too comfortable. I would not have. Yeah. I don't know. Not for me. No. Her mom even said that she often would call her on her walks home at 2 or 3 in the morning because it made her feel even more safe. No, negative. Which is not the case. I know, like, maybe in her mind she would have thought that made her feel safe, but, like, that's the worst thing you can do. Be on the phone, be distracted. 
100%. So there hadn't been a murder in Plaza Midwood since 2013. So again, they all felt like the area was, you know, generally safe. However, there had been an increased number of robberies in the area, especially with restaurant workers who walked home late at night. As I would imagine. <laughs> right. Often when you work in a restaurant, you get your money at the end of the night in cash. Mm-hmm. So then you're walking home with all of that cash to your car, to your house, to wherever, because typically you're not allowed to park at the restaurant. Right, especially on the weekends. Right, because your parking lot's so full. So, like, people that wouldn't, people that know this and are looking to rob someone, they know that you're getting off late, you're going to be alone, it's going to be dark, you're going to have a lot of cash. So a lot of the times, like, restaurant workers are victims. Uh, 100%. I was going to say something else, but I got distracted with all of your talking. (laughs) All of my talking? (laughs) Yeah. I had a thought. I am the storyteller here. I know. (laughs) I was going to say something else about that, though, but... You were probably going to talk about how you were so smart and you carried your money in your boob. No, that's not what I was going to talk about. But I was smart and I did do that. (laughs) No, that's not what I was going to talk about. It was something else. But yes, when I left work... At three in the morning, I did, I used to take my money out of my apron, put it in my bra, take my keys out of my apron. That way, if for some reason I was confronted on my walk to my vehicle, I could throw my apron as a distraction and there was nothing in there that I needed. Right. Which was smart. But no, that's not what I was going to say. That was something else. But I don't remember. So, continue. Well, let me know if you think about it. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So anyway, initial theories of investigators were that someone was watching and waiting for Katie. Maybe someone personally with a vendetta against her. Maybe a vengeful ex-boyfriend, a stalker, or maybe just a random person wanting to rob her. After talking with Katie's friends and family and co-workers, the investigators learned that someone with a vendetta against her was very unlikely. Everyone they talked to loved Katie, and they all agreed that they didn't know a single person who didn't. And no one would have a problem with her. She was just sweetest, most caring, selfless person. Right. So the police settled on the thought that this murder was just a robbery gone wrong. Right. But the problem with that is they didn't take Katie's money. Right. Her purse still had $300 cash in it when they found it. Right. Not saying that her life is worth $300, but if you're going to kill someone, at least take their money. Right. Yeah. No, definitely not worth $300, but... That's kind of silly. Like, if it was a robbery gone wrong, why wouldn't they have at least finished the robbery? Right. At least get the money. 
So one of the investigators said that although it's not often, it does happen sometimes. Someone goes to rob you, there's a struggle, something that happens, they end up shooting you, which then spooks them, they run off, and they never complete the robbery. Right, for sure. I can definitely see that being the case. Because you said that the, uh, go ahead. No, you were going to say the same thing, so you go ahead. I was just going to say, because you said that that alarm went off. Right. Right, That's a, especially since that alarm, the gunshot is what made that alarm go off. Right, so it could have scared them, and then they ran away. But still, I mean, don't shoot someone if you're not going to take the money. Yeah. I mean, or just don't shoot someone. Well, ideally, yes, don't shoot someone. But unfortunately, we can't bank on that because the world is full of pieces of trash, so. Right. Full of trash bags. There's not enough trash bags to pick up all the trash. Right. So they also believed that it could just be a random shooting, and Katie was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. No. No. I don't think so. But, I mean, maybe. People are trash bags. We just said that. I mean, maybe, but... So police got to work. They watched the surveillance footage of all the businesses that were on her route from the bar to her house. It showed almost all of Katie's walk home, except the actual murder. Of course. It's always how it works. So, it showed Katie singing and dancing down the street. She looked to really be enjoying herself on her walk home. She was texting on her phone. She had sent her friends a picture of her walk and was updating them. She was about halfway home when she reached the corner of the plaza in Hammerton Place, which was about a mile from the dive bar or a 10-minute walk. Surveillance footage from across the street at a church shows Katie walk into frame at 2.46 a.m. on the other side of the road. It's kind of hard to see because she's so far away and there's trees, a fence, poles. It's all kind of blocking part of the view. Um, But she's just walking at like a normal leisurely pace. Nothing looks suspicious. Okay. Um, So I sent you the video. Okay. You want to watch that? Yeah, you said two minutes... No, what did you say? It's 2.46 a.m. is the timestamp. It's about 16 minutes into the 16 video. minutes in. Okay, let me just open that up. And then you said she enters She enters from the left or from the right? From the left. Okay. It's like behind the trees, so it's kind of hard to see. It's like across right. the street. But you can see her walk into frame. Hmm. It's just taking forever to load. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so she like walks across... God, could you hear that? Yes. That was so loud. <laughs> was it an ad? Yes. It was like country music. I was like, Jacob? <laughs> no, it wasn't Jacob. <laughs> Sounded like a banjo. No, it wasn't. Okay, there it is. Okay, this is actually much better than the other one that you sent me. Because this one actually pulls it right up. And it has like a little dot that tells me where she's at. Oh, did you just like Google a different one? No, it's one that you sent me. Oh, okay. But this one's much better than the last one from the last time we recorded this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is much better. Okay, yeah, I like this one much better. First of all, it started exactly where it needed to start. Second of all, it's got a little bubble over her so you can, like, see where she is. It's like a little clear, like, they've got her outlined. Makes it much easier to see Is that the one I sent you in the text messages? Yeah, it's like the, one of your links. It's from the charlotteobserver.com. It's one of the links you sent me as, like, one of your sources, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's not the YouTube video, though. Okay, so, yeah. So, she's coming to the end. She's turning the corner down that other road. 
Yep, so she um, turns left down Hammerton Place and goes out of frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's then still technically in frame up. right now, but she's going. Yeah, like she's going, going. It's a long, she's a slow walker. Yeah, she's just having a nice leisurely walk. Yeah, she's a pretty slow walker. I mean, it took her a whole, I don't know how long that was. I mean, that wasn't even like a block and it took her like two minutes to walk it. It's a minute. No, it's not. Yes, it is. The car, she comes in a frame at 246 and then the car pulls up at 247. She's already down that side road. Well, it's 247.30, and she's not even on the side road yet. Okay, whatever. Maybe two minutes. Either way, a car pulls up at the 247 mark. Oh, there's the car. 247.45. Yep, 247.45. The car pulls up. Yep. So you can see their headlights. They mm-hmm. stop for a little bit. They back up. Yeah, they back up. They sit for a little bit. And by 248, the car goes through the intersection without stopping. Yeah. Mm, I'll disagree with your timestamps, but okay. My timestamps are not wrong. Well, 2.48, it just backed into the driveway. Okay, well, not at 2.48 exactly, but at 2.48 in some seconds. Okay, so at 2.48, backs into the driveway, I think. That's what I think. We talked about that when we recorded this last time. That's kind of what it looks like to me, too, is that it's turning. Yeah, it looks to me like it's turning into a driveway. But regardless, whatever, and then it flies back through the intersection without stopping. Okay. Right. So we're done with that. So the police believe that the headlights and the car in the footage are Katie's murderer. The footage has been reviewed hundreds of times by police, but they just keep seeing the same thing over and over. They don't see anything new, no new evidence from it. I mean, there's not really much there to see, like... Right. Well, they just keep watching it, thinking that hopefully they'll see something, but they don't. I know, but, like, it's so dark. I mean, they need another angle. There's got to be another camera for a different angle. Well, you would think, but, I mean, they've been looking at these videos since 2016. Right. So they did notice that the timestamp on the footage doesn't really correlate to the actual events. The first right. 911 call was not was 2:44 a.m. Right. And the timestamp on the video is like 2:46 to 2:48. Right. So this means that the actual timing of the video is like 2:41 to 2:43. Okay. So it's just like the so, wrong time on the camera. Right. Okay. So a lot yeah. of people who viewed the video don't think that the headlights and the car that are drive that drove off are the same car. Okay. So I, that theory, I could kind of see because maybe that car didn't back into a driveway. Maybe they turned around. Maybe they did like a three-point road turn. Right, possibly. And drove the other way. To me, it 100% looks like they're backing up and turning. Yes. So yeah, I could see that. Right. I mean, I think that they're probably the same car. But I could see how maybe they wouldn't think that that's the same car. Right. But the police think it's the same because mainly the behavior of the car that's leaving. Right. Um, They say that... So if it's not the same, then that means that that car that sped off is most likely involved in Katie's murder. And that means the car that turned around saw it. So either way, it's not good for that car. Either they're trash and they shot Katie or they're trash and they saw Katie get shot and they didn't report it. Right. So either way, they're trash. Right. That's just my two cents. I mean, I agree with that. So as you can see in the video, I mean, there's like, I don't know what, like 15, 20 cars that you see. Yes. Go by. Like, it's crazy how busy it is. So it's a really busy intersection. So they say that there's no way that that car would have just sped through that stop sign without stopping since it's such a busy busy intersection even though it's three in the morning 
Okay, but we saw them speed through the intersection, so. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, that car has to be guilty is what they're saying. Right. Because of their behavior. Right. Like, that intersection is very busy. I don't know how they made it through without getting run over. Yeah, I don't know either. Getting T-boned. Right. Even with the video of the car, the police can't identify the vehicle. They can't see the license plate in the video. They can't even distinguish the make and model of the car. It's believed to be a tan or silver sedan, but that's all the police have. Right. So the video just isn't really a good view. There's a lot blocking the view of the street. There's just not much they can go off of on that video, which really sucks. I don't think they can get anything out of that video. It really sucks. Like, those, a lot of cases have that. Like, they have a video, but they can't get anything from the video. Right. I just hate those. Me too. Thanks a lot, Justice. (laughs) Um, Katie was really loved by her friends, family, and community. So her case quickly grew to have a really large news coverage. Everyone just wanted to help and find out who was responsible for Katie. They made large searches to look for evidence themselves, but just like the police, they found nothing. There were some tips that came in that just a week prior, Katie had a run-in with a man on the streets harassing her, and she did end up pepper spraying him. However, the police found this man, talked with him, and he was cleared as a suspect. He didn't have anything to do with her murder. With little physical evidence at the scene, all their leads kept going nowhere. No witnesses, no identification of the car. Katie's case was just really grown cold. Months had gone by, and they were no closer to finding Katie's killer than before. However, in May of 2017, CMPD made an unrelated traffic stop. And during the stop, they searched a car and found a handgun who that was not registered to the driver. Shocking. <laughs> so they took it in as evidence. They ran ballistic testing on it, and it was a match to the exact gun that killed Katie. So they thought for sure that this was the break they needed. However, the gun was actually reported stolen from a car break-in three months prior to Katie's death. So that meant that even though this gun was registered, the person who owned the gun wasn't in possession of it at the time of Katie's murder. Right. So it turns out that this gun was used as a street gun. So it was passed through the hands of numerous people after it was stolen. And it was nearly impossible to identify who actually had the gun on the day of Katie's murder. Right. So there was a ridiculous amount of fingerprints and DNA on the gun, and they couldn't pull anything of use off the gun. So the investigators were back at square one. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Really sucks. Like, you thought, like, ooh, they found a gun. Mash Katie's right. killer's gun. Right. But got him nowhere. Got him nowhere. So in 2018... They released that surveillance video that we just watched in hopes that the public might be able to identify the vehicle. Some tips came in, but still nothing that brought them anywhere. Um, One thing I do want to say is that video I'm going to post in the show. Well, Sierra's going to post, not me. Sierra's going to post in the show notes, which we haven't talked about. So at the bottom of every episode, there are show notes that tell about where the source is for the episode come from so it'll be like videos that we talk about or pictures that we talk about well i guess not pictures articles we'll post not those pictures on. we put those on instagram but like articles right. that we used for the research or documentaries that we watched or anything else that we used just anything that we used we put we give credit in the show notes right so if you want to look more into Books. things uh, i have a question though or i have a, a, a yes. comment okay so they find this gun in 
this car. Mm-hmm. So they determine it's a street gun, which is okay, cool. But like, I bet you had they arrested that person and been like, you're being charged with the murder of Katie Memory Jones. That person would be like, oh, no, no, I got the gun from so-and-so. And then that person would be like, no, 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 I got the gun from so-and-so. If they just started like threatening to arrest all of these people for the murder, I bet you they could have found out who that gun belonged to at the time of the murder. Yeah, probably. I just feel like they probably should have put a little more effort into the gun. Yeah. I mean, they probably wouldn't have been able to get, like, any, like, hard evidence. But at least people would have been throwing each other under the bus. And then they could have investigated those people more. It would have been a lot of work for them. But I feel like it could have gotten them more information than what they have. I mean, I feel like in this case, they do do good investigative work. Right. Other than the gun. Right. I just feel like they definitely could have dug more into the gun. Because I definitely feel like if they were like, oh, this gun was used in a murder, you're going to jail. Then Homeboy would have been like, oh, no, no. That's not my gun. I got it from my friend Sean. And then his friend Sean would be like, no, 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 no. I got it from Jerry. And then Jerry would be like, no, 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 no. I got it from Tony. And like they could have followed it down the line. You know what I mean? Right. Because you said the gun was founded when? Was found in May. Right. I mean, how many times do you think it switched hands? I mean, it said a dozen that, like, times. There was, like a crazy amount of evidence on it. Like DNA and fingerprints that like they couldn't even okay, well, pull anything because there was so much. Screw the DNA and all that. Just start threatening to arrest them. For yeah, murder. I mean, maybe they're not allowed to actually do that. Well, give me their names. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, doesn't matter. I just I just thought of that. Good way to do it, but they did not, so. No. Okay, continue. Okay, so no new tips, no new evidence. The case was officially moved to be a cold case on December 12th of 2019. It was passed from the CM. PD homicide unit to the cold case unit. In the hands of the cold case unit, they decided to try a new avenue. They decided to try something that was super uncommon. They wanted to access the public's phone location records so they could pinpoint who was in a one block area in the 30 minutes around when Katie was murdered. You know, even hearing that a second time, I still think it's super illegal. (laughs) I mean, I think it is too, but I mean, I, I... my two sentences down is that it gets granted, so... I know, but I just... I still think that's super illegal. I need to look into that. Well, please do. Let me know what you find. I don't think that's allowed. So, they petitioned the courts for the information. It was very controversial. It was a lot of information, so it wouldn't be easy to obtain, and it was a super big privacy concern. As it should be. So, most judges weren't going to violate citizens' privacy like that. As they shouldn't. But finally, a judge did grant this request. As he should not have. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a hard line. Like, yeah, people's privacy, but, like, also solving a murder. Okay, but that's a very gray area. I feel like that goes hand-in-hand hand with the genealogy. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? I mean, they're not, because I think Ancestry.com and like declined allowing it, but, like, they're trying to use that information to solve other cases, which, I mean, great. Like, obviously, we want cases solved, but at what point are we overstepping? Right. I feel like that's a... I think that's very gray. Yes. Both of those are very gray areas, and I don't know how I feel about them. Why don't you guys chime in and let us know how you feel about it? Maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah. Join the Patreon, jump into the Discord, and let's have a whole conversation about gray areas of true crime. (laughs) Because there's a lot of them. There are. So that one judge did grant the request... So they were only getting hard data. So just the phone numbers of the phones that were being used during the 30-minute time frame in that one block area. But still, 
I mean, they're like, that's helping with privacy, but then they're just going to like figure out those numbers and who owns the phone. It's very easy to do. So, I mean, I could do that. I could do that as well. As we a do civilian. Do that. We do so, that regularly. I mean, and every millennial does that instead of answering the phone. Exactly. Most of that is just <laughs> common public knowledge. If you have a phone number, you can more than likely figure out who it belongs to. And if you can't figure it out for free, you can pay like a buck and figure it out for sure. Right. So. And get their address and their uh, political party affiliation and all that good stuff. So. Right. So I don't know that that's really helping with privacy, but anyways. So this was granted from the courts. They requested information from all the various phone providers and after waiting, they finally got the report back, and it showed zero. Great. Waste of time. Yeah, waste of time. So it doesn't mean that no one was in the area, but that no one was actively using their phones. Right. For things that use location, like sometimes phone calls, Google, Maps, Facebook, things like that. Right. So again, back to square one. They take another look into footage and line up all the videos according to timestamps, but the videos didn't really line up. The same things weren't seen from camera to camera like they should have been. So then they realized that the timestamps were off on many of the videos, not just that one. Okay. So they went through all of the footage, minute by minute, and relined everything up to the correct timing that it should have been from the beginning. Okay. And they saw something. The same car. Over and over and over. So there was a car... That was just driving around in circles. And it was that original car that was speeding through that stop sign. Right. So that matched up with their theory of robbery. They believed that the car was driving around town looking for someone to rob. And they just happened upon Katie. And then killed her and didn't take her money. Right. So they weren't necessarily looking for her, but someone to rob it in general. Right. So they used these new findings to ask again for phone location records, but this time they requested a bigger area and a smaller time frame. They asked for devices in a three-block radius and a 10-minute time frame. Again, after waiting for the approval and requesting it for the phone companies and waiting for the phone companies to give the data, they narrowed it down to eliminate anyone who was staying still since they knew from that video footage that the suspect was constantly driving around in circles, and it gave them a super small list. They then asked the courts for a larger amount of time for those specific phone numbers. They received that information and unfortunately ruled out every single one of those people. Yeah, which is crap. Yeah, super crap. So with this last effort, they exhausted all leads. The detectives on Katie's case still remain hopeful that eventually someone will give them a tip to lead them to the killer. But currently they don't have anything. Right. So one really great thing that came out of this was Katie's family and friends started a GoFundMe, and they held multiple fundraisers in her memory, and the community really came together. This case got, like, national coverage. They got a lot of donations, and they worked with UNC Charlotte to develop a scholarship in her name for those in the College of Arts. It was for CMS students with financial need that go on to study art, dance, music, and theater at UNC Charlotte. Yeah. So, I thought that was a really sweet memorial. Yeah. For Katie. It as is. As much as she loved being artsy. I mean, it is nice for her, but I just really wish that they would have had more information to find who shot her in the street. Yeah. 
I mean, from that video and the fact that the gun used was a street gun, you know, someone's got to know something. So I think they're just really hopeful that one day someone's going to come forward. Right. So there's four main theories of what happened um, between the cops and the public. Like I said, it was a really publicized case, so... A lot of people have some strong opinions of what they think happened. Kind of crazy, because I don't actually remember hearing anything about it. Me either. And, like... Honestly, I mean... 2013? I did hear about it. 16. Oh, 2016. Sorry, 2016. Like, you were in college. Right. So you lived in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, and I really don't remember it, but everything I said said it was pretty publicized. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember hearing anything about it, so it's kind of crazy. I mean, I do remember hearing things about it but like i also wasn't like super into true crime then i think it's because i lived in charlotte and you know kind of lived in the ghetto so right. i tried not to listen to things like that <laughs> right a lot of people speculated that katie's killer offered her a ride home after seeing her walking alone down the street mm-hmm. and then shot her when she refused the ride so that one kind of makes sense to me because like you know like you see those headlights Right. Like, maybe they passed her. They backed up to talk to her. Like, they stopped to talk to her. She said, no, leave me alone, you creep. Right. They backed up. They backed up. Shot her. To shoot her. And then took off. Yeah. So, they think, like, it could just be, like, a case of, like, violence against women. Or, like, maybe that person was trying to, like, get her in the car so they could assault her or something. Right. And, like, that's kind of why it made him so mad. Right. I mean, possibly. And also, I mean, sometimes men are just jackasses and they don't take rejection well. So it could have just been an unhinged man. Yeah, that's true. Could have just been an unhinged man who was like, hey, pretty lady, get in my car. And she's like, yeah, no. Creep. Right, like little dick syndrome. Yeah, definitely a possibility. I mean, I'm not saying that's all men, but there are definitely some men. I mean, there's crazy women, too. Just crazy people in general. Yeah. So uh, one of, there's two, like, main ones. Um, One is that Katie's death was attempted robbery gone wrong, but stranger robberies rarely end in murder of the victim. And again, they didn't take any of her stuff. Uh, Her cell phone was still in her back pocket. Her purse still had cash in it. Right. Everything was still at the scene. So like we said before, the security alarm could have scared them. That's why they didn't take anything. But I don't know. It just seems super weird to me. Um, A lot of people think that Katie's murder was just a random shooting. Um, Katie didn't have any enemies, any history of, like, drug use or, like, being around the wrong people or whatever, and there's not a lot of evidence. So a lot of people just think it might have just been random, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. And then um, a theory that goes around is that her death was part of, like, gang initiation. Not that she was in the gang, but that, like, whoever shot her was being initiated into a gang, which Charlotte does have gangs, so I guess that's possible, but that one just seems kind of far-fetched to me. That, like, there's nothing to actually prove that a gang has anything to do with this. Yeah. Except for the street gun. Yeah. So. Those are the four theories, so. Let us know what you guys think happened. Um, if you have any information that might help this case, please contact Crime Stoppers at 704-334-1600. I believe that's the Charlotte Crime Stoppers, but I'm not really sure, but that is the number that was in all of the articles. Right, well, because North Carolina has... I, I always thought Crime Stoppers was like a statewide thing, but it's not. Oh, it's not? No. I thought it was too. I thought it was like 
look Crime Stoppers NC, you're like, no, it's not. So there's like different, like different um, Crime Stoppers for each area. Right, that's what I meant. Like it was a localized thing. Yeah, but I just thought it was like NC Crime Stoppers. I didn't realize it was like Cabarrus County Crime Stoppers, Rowan County Crime Stoppers, uh, Crime Stoppers Charlotte, like Charlotte Mac, uh, North Mac Crime Stoppers. Like I didn't realize there were so many of them. I mean, I didn't realize there was one for every county, but I thought it was, like, areas, like, the Charlotte area, the Greensboro area, the Raleigh area. Right. Apparently not. But, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's a crazy case. So I just wanted to finish it with a quote from her mom, which is super sad. She says, I just want justice for her. She doesn't deserve to go into death and not being known what happened to her. Her story is not finished, and it needs to be finished. Katie's mom wears a necklace. That says Katie did because Katie did everything. She said Katie loved to get under my skin, pushed me to my limit. She grew into my best friend. Her whole life I tried to get her to calm down, but now I embrace that side of her. Yeah, it's super sad. I mean, I really just hate, I mean, I hate it when anybody gets murdered and their mom speaks about it. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah, the whole case really sucked. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that case, honestly. I'm not really a fan of it. Okay, but, like, I am not a fan of cases that I can, like, relate to. And I feel like I can easily relate to that. that because at, she was 20, right, in 2016. Um, I think she was 26. Oh, 26. Okay, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about then. Whatever. She was mid-20s. In 2016, she was, like, mid- was a 26-year-old Katie Jones. Right, okay, so mid, like, 2016, she's, like, mid-20s, working at a restaurant as a server, hanging out after work. Like, I, in 2016, I was a server in my mid-20s, hanging out after work in right. the Charlotte area. Like, how easily could it have been me shot dead on the street? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't like those kinds of cases that I can relate to like that. Like, that hit so close to home. Yeah, and especially, like, it was in Charlotte. Right. Plaza Midway. From the Charlotte area. Right. I worked in Huntersville, which is just, I mean, right outside of Charlotte, you know? Right. Not a fan of things that I can relate to, so... I'm really not a fan of things that go unsolved. Right, I know you're not. Because, like you said, you know, they could have done more work on the gun. They could do, but, like, now it's a little too late for those types of things. Right. I mean, yeah, they could go back and question them, but, like, who's to say that someone's going to remember what happened eight years ago? No, I agree. Time is of the essence in these kinds of cases, and it just is really not great. When I mean, I'm not saying that it couldn't be solved, because it could, but... Oh, it definitely could, but... It just makes it harder, and it just sucks. I mean, look at Heidi Allen, 30 years, and it's still not solved. Right. So, I don't know. But, anyway. And then those monsters are still on the street. Uh-huh, 100%. So, yeah, thanks, Justice, for that um, horrible time we just had. It wasn't a horrible time. I What I'm more upset about is that I had to listen to it twice. Yeah. That's what I'm more upset about. I had to about. research it for a week, and then tell it twice. I understand, and but even- now... The first time I had to tell it, like, four times because my, we thought it was the internet, but it was actually my mic going out. Yes. But then also, I still have to sit down and edit it, and I have to listen to it again at least four times. So, either way, yeah. it's far from over. <laughs> For me, at least. You're done now, at least. Yeah, until it comes out and you make me listen to it again. I don't ever make you listen to them. I just think you should listen to them. And I do. I don't know, guys. Do you think it's conceited of us to listen to our own podcast? Probably. I don't. I think that it gives us the chance for improvement. 
If we the can whole listen time, to ourselves. I just think, ugh, listen to this child. <laughs> you're not a child. You're 26 years old. No, but I sound like a child in recording. I sound like I'm 12. I don't think so. Anyway, all right. We're going to hop off here because we have to record another episode. So, okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our three tiers at the five dollar level we've got the moderately wicked for seven dollars a month we've got the awesomely wicked and for all of those high rollers big ballers out there we got the ten dollar level the extraordinarily wicked as a member of our patreon you are entitled to bonus episodes Uh, You also get a one-time shout-out on our podcast, as well as some other cool little extra things going on there. So come on over. Join our fan club. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked, or you can literally just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com Great news! You can now listen to us pretty much wherever you like to listen to podcasts. That's right, folks. We are big time. You can now hear your Weekly Dose of Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, CastBox, and PodFriend. The only place we can't seem to get ourselves on is Pandora. So we'll let you know when that happens. In the meantime, make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of of Wicked. Wicked. podcast listener do you love talking about movies music tv comics and games then you should be listening to the great pop culture debate back in bigger than ever for season nine this season the panelists discuss the best james bond film the best elton john single the best nickelodeon original series the best batman villain and so much more find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com more than 100 topics are already available subscribe today